Hello and welcome to the Rigori Podcast, the show that's as popular and welcome as Jose Mourinho at a referee's convention. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi, Vincenzo Italiano's hairstyle double, and I'm joined by Paolo Vanoli's handsome young brother, my cousin Marco. Marco, how are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm in a sort of zen mood since Venezia's season is now over, so I'm just observing at the moment. You'd be dispassionately observing, giving giving considered opinion to all matters without any any bias. Oh, absolutely. Or, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll get on to that when we discuss possible think, transfers. I think we should. I think we should. Um, anyway, we'll keep that up our sleeve. As always, Sunday night, and it was a... It was a kind of epic end to Sunday night, I suppose. The the big issue of the day really to be decided was relegation matters and would Spezia or Verona join Cremonese and Sampdoria and tumbling into Serie B? As it turned out, neither of them would be joining as yet because they both got beat and both ended up now will play a playoff game um, next weekend head-to-head. That's probably the fairest outcome, I think, in terms of the two teams. Having watched a bit of both sides, they've both been pretty poor. Verona's form picked up a bit towards the end to to get them into that. But, I mean, I watched, uh, I don't know what you watched, Mark, I kind of jumped between the two games. I I started off with Milan-Verona, but it was pretty dull with Milan having nothing to play for, really. It was probably a bad choice, and uh, Milan went ahead. Verona equalised, got excited. I thought they were a bit unfortunate. When there was certainly one key decision which might have gone their way when Mike Magnon came out and seemed to clean out Cyril and Gange, and there was no, there was no possible red card there. Nothing in the end, though. Rafael added a couple, and um, Verona were quite comfortably. But what was more dramatic, I think, was what went on at the Stadio Olimpico, and we had another. 3,083 minute epic which eventually I think you know pleased everyone that was in the ground anyway that Roma got their win and that consigned Spezia to um, to the playoff but you know having said that I thought the two teams kind of Spezia and Verona were quite similar in level I did feel a big degree of sympathy for Spezia tonight and the manner in which they were consigned to Defeat. I mean, did you feel the same way, Marco? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was Roma being Roma under Mourinho, unfortunately, um, and you know, a penalty that you know it was just it's an unlucky way to 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 end up in the situation they're in. I suppose the good thing is that they they have um, got this other opportunity in the playoff against them against Verona. As you say, I I don't think there is much between the two teams, and um, I suppose there's at at one point it didn't look like there would be. It, you know, it looked fairly clear who the bottom three teams were going to be. So I, I think some credit has to be given to um, Verona for sort of staging a bit of a fight back. And uh, I don't know, I don't know who goes into that game as favourites really, um, but it'll. It's good, you know, from a neutral's point of view, it's good to have these sort of cup final type games uh, happening. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, but I mean, I think, well, one, I thought the penalty was quite soft. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think El Sharawi was looking for it and, and got it, really, and, you know, the referee, once he'd given it, I suppose it's one of these ones, was it a clear error? Not that clear, that, you know, he was, he was sandwiched by a couple of players. 
sent the player off. What I thought was also interesting, though, was that Paulo Dybala was still on the pitch to take the penalty because there was certainly a case for him seeing a red card. How, how did you view that one, Marco? Well, I thought he was quite lucky as well. <laughs> like you, I mean, I, and uh, yeah, I, I just thought, you know, adding everything up, it was a pretty unlucky result for Spezia, who I thought played from. I, I was like you; I was sort of switching between the two games. So, but from what I saw, um, I don't think they really deserved to lose that game. Um, and I, if it wasn't for that penalty decision, if it wasn't for the decision about Dybala then it might have gone their way. The referee then adding 15 minutes of injury time was not something that anybody needed, I suspect. No, no. <laughs> We'd seen enough of Roma midweek. I mean, this has become like a form of torture watching. <laughs> for me, for me anyway, watching Roma under Mourinho has become like some kind of... I mean, I think I would, I would, they've surpassed even... Allegri's Juventus and being excruciating. They were excruciating midweek with the histrionics and they were even more excruciating. Well, no, maybe not even more, but they were pretty excruciating tonight gathering around. The, the big difference was they got the referee they wanted tonight. He gave the decisions their way. He didn't send Dybala off and he did give them a penalty and they won. So no doubt he'll be safe to go home with his family. But I mean, Whilst I'm on that, we may as well, we're going to touch on this anyway. I mean, midweek, Roma really, they played it the way they play under under Jose and they, they, you know, they played that kind of gamesmanship thing, us against the world. And I mean, I've said this before, I think that, you know, when you play that way, when when you're happy to win ugly or whatever, then if you don't win, you've not got a lot of consolation. I didn't see a lot of consolation for Roma and to me, I mean yes the referee wasn't perfect, yes he made mistakes but that it smacked of just giving a scapegoat because you weren't actually good enough to go out and try to win the game I mean, and, that, and that's, you know, I wanted the Italian team to win, I like to see Italian teams win trophies, I, I would have liked Roma to do it but the manner in which they tried to do it left me at the end feeling not a lot of not a lot of sympathy for them. Yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't um I maybe wouldn't go as far as you, but um, but I, it 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 wasn't a great performance. I mean I I thought Roma you know in the first half were probably the better team. It wasn't a great game at any point of the game, but um the second half they did that thing of sitting back too much and and Sevilla were on top and I I didn't have that, you know they had the claim about the penalty handball and yes, in Serie A that might be given, um, but it's one of those ones that, you know, speaking as a neutral, should it really be given? It wasn't very, you know, the the arm wasn't that far away from the body and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and as you say, they just, they sort of weaponize all of this and use that as an excuse for the reasons that they lost. And for the players that they've got, then they should be attacking more, they should be creating better chances than they did. Um, so in that sense, yeah, it's difficult to have much sympathy for them. Um, it is frustrating because, you know, player for player, I don't think that they are worse than Sevilla, but the way they set out to play, um, you know, you might say that in the end it was probably the right result. Yeah, I mean, as I said, you know, I, I, I would have liked to have seen Roma win. I just would have liked to have seen them be a bit less whiny and a bit yeah. more expansive in their football, really, and the going over, the feigning injury, all that. I just, and they're not the only team that do it. You know, I did find some of the 
moralistic lectures afterwards, I'm a little bit overpowering. And also the, the the kind of the insinuation or the outright statement that only certain countries do this as well is is borderline racism, I think, because I think any team that Jose Mourinho is in charge of, I mean, I can remember Chelsea going out shouting about referees and, we, you know, I don't think we realised at the time that this is kind of his, his calling card really everywhere that he goes. It's amazing how he always oh. sort of falls into, bumps into the worst referee ever to have officiated a game. It's, and, it's and, an and amazing I coincidence. Celtic against Porto um, when he was the manager and, and there was lots of rolling about and... and Jumping and all that sort of stuff. It's it's, it's just his way. A lot of Celtic fans certainly have not forgotten that that final. So you know, so that's his modus operandi. And fair enough, you know, it's won him a lot of trophies. He's done a lot of things. But as I say, to me, the the consolation though is is minimal when you if you don't win. You know, you you have to win. If you're going to go to those lengths to try to win, then then you lost, and that's the that's the bottom line. But they didn't win. They didn't lose rather at the the weekend, and that that put them back in the Europa League to inevitably get beat by Sevilla. One would imagine who'll probably win it for the nineteenth time, um, and and also knocked Juventus down to. At the moment, I think Conference League, but it seems to be an open secret in Italy that that they expect UEFA to intervene and Juventus will not be in European football next year. Um, the top four was already decided, so I see, and then we've got this this playoff to look forward to. I mean, interestingly, the playoff as well, obviously Serie B to decide who comes up, and it, you know, it, interesting that I, th- I think the the makeup of Serie A is going to be changed. I bet we're definitely going to be moving south, mm-hmm. whatever whatever happens, because obviously Cremonese, Sampdoria um, going down, one of Spezia or Verona who would be, you know, borderline, certainly Spezia, northern northern teams. Um, but it's going to be alongside Frosinone and Genoa already coming up, so one one sort of swap Genoa for Samp, I guess. But it's going to be the winner of, of Barry against Cagliari that, takes up that last piece. Now, Marco, you've watched much more Serie B than than I have. I mean, who who do you think, who's your gut feeling between Barry and Cagliari will will take that last spot? Well, I said last week I didn't think, I thought Parma would beat Cagliari, um, and they were beating them 2-0, and then <laughs> threw the game away, really. But, um, uh, you know, Barry have through the through the season, Barry had been the third best team in the league, as the league position shows. But they were clearly the third best team in the league, and uh, so you would think that would make them favourites. But I just feel that Cagliari now have a bit of momentum, and that's always a dangerous thing going into these games for the other teams. So honestly, I think it's a pretty hard hard one to call. And strangely, having had that extra game against us. Um, which makes me slightly bitter because I didn't think they were better than us. But anyway, moving on quickly. Um, you know, it's kind of allowed them to build that momentum and keep that going, whereas Barry had that buy into the next round, had a couple of so-so games against Sutirol, um, and they maybe don't go into it in as, in as good form. So, yeah, it, it, you might have to say that Calgary would be would potentially be favourites at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I get that feeling they've got the momentum as well. You know, Barry, even reading Barry fans talking about how they 
squeaked past Sudtiro. They weren't overly impressed, and you know that. I mean, in the end, doesn't matter. You're you're into the game anyway. But it is that thing. I think we've we've mentioned this before. Something the way the playoff system set up sometimes is you know a team plays more games can be more battle ready. Whereas you know you think it's an advantage kind of sitting doing nothing and, and preparing for these games. But actually it can be quite a shock when you when you get into it. And um they certainly, you know, old Ranieri seems to be getting a tune out of La Padula as well. And, you know, the, the Calgary from what I saw anyway look especially on their own turf look like a pretty tough a pretty tough prospect. And, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a couple of intriguing games and uh, you know, if you ever Comes up will be a good addition to Serie. A. I think you've got two teams with a good a good pedigree and kind of good um, good quality. I mean, just to sort of finish off matters, Serie B, Brescia consigned to to relegation, and I see that their controversial president Massimo Cellino saying, you know, I've I've had a gut full of this. I've not got a stomach for the fight anymore. I've fought hard. I can't fight no more. I think there'll be quite a few Brescia fans probably pleased with that to be honest that they're that they're going down although it's it's a big drop for a you know a relatively big name team a team that you know for a long time certainly when I was growing up was side by side with Atalanta you know and and hating each other and also usually in swapping places in in Serie A and Serie B I mean their demise Marco was it something that was on the cards for a while really I guess they sort of had a slow slide didn't it this season I felt um they they just went from being in an okay position to just not being able to win games and and found themselves in this position. Whereas Cosenza, towards the end of the season, did have a bit of that. They picked up a bit of form. They played quite well against us, for example. And you, you certainly, I'm only judging it on the games that we played against them, but Cosenza looked like the better team um, when we played them in the second round of games. Um, so... I know what you're saying about Chilino, but the danger is that when a team gets relegated, if the president then walks away, you know, having seen it at Venezia, there is a risk for the club at that point because unless there's someone ready to step in, then I do worry because there isn't a huge amount of time you need to get all the papers and all that and do your registration and stuff that, you know, you worry for what will happen to that club if, if there do, isn't a clear handover in place. You do. And they and they did go down, I think we should also flag up, they did go down in traditional Italian style in complete disgrace yes, by yes, sort exactly. of throwing, yeah. throwing things onto the pitch. The match was suspended. It's the usual same old, same old. It's unfortunately we find ourselves this at the at the end of every season. So, you know, somebody goes bananas and, and it was Brescia's turn to, as I say, and it's a shame to see a, a you know, a biggish club going down to the third tier. Certainly, they're they're more than big enough to be Serie B and should probably be troubling Serie A from time to time in breaches. So it's a long way back, though. Though from from that game, a, a lot of big games still to still to play, though, and um, none more so. I would argue than the 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 kind of the the hipsters 
top European competition. The the Conference League midweek, Fiorentina tuned up with a win over Sassuolo that put them into eighth place, which could be a European place next season. If I mean, I know you, I know Fiorentina fans would take no pleasure in seeing Juventus cuffed out of Europe and and taking their place. But you know that that could potentially happen. But I think they would rather. I know they would rather um, grab Europe um, with their own hands and get into the Europa League by beating West Ham midweek. I mean, is it a, is it a mission too far for Fiorentina against the might of the, the Premo, Marco? Or have Fiorentina got the tools to uh, unlock Davy Moy's defence? I mean, I, I certainly don't think it's a, a mission too far. It's not certainly not going to be easy, but Fiorentina can play well, as as you have told us many times, the trouble <laughs> is that they often can't score goals. Um, so I, I suppose it just depends if their they're misfiring front line can, can finish off some chances. As we've said before, tactically, I would take Italiano over Moyes every day of the week. But West Ham have the, the bigger squad, probably the more depth in their squad. So... It won't be easy, but I certainly wouldn't write them off before before kick off. Uh, uh, yeah, and I mean, I would, uh, in fairness to Fiorentina, I would say the goal scoring has been a problem much more domestically than it has been in Europe. They're the top scorers in the Conference League. They've got the top goal scorers, Jovic, who struggled. I, I just, I, I got an inkling that he might. There's certainly chat that he might start. The, the final, which would be a, a switch over really of roles because most of the season it's been Arthur Cabral, it's been the first choice um, and Jovic has kind of looked a sort of forlorn figure on the side, like, even though he has chipped in his goals, especially in Europe. But just recently his form um, seems to have taken an uptick and, you know, maybe not to start, but, you know, I think he might come on quite early and quite fancy him to sneak a, to sneak a goal in that final. As I say, they, they've definitely scored goals for fun there. My biggest worry is that the centre of that defence okay. yeah. Milenkovic just I don't I don't know if it's due to the chopping and changing of partners or whatever, but the offside trap just hasn't worked very well. It did for nine or ten games with when he was alongside Igor and you know that's a big block if you can get it working. But it hasn't worked often enough and I do worry that, you know, pace that the West Ham might have through the middle could cause whoever it is problems, I suspect it would be Milenkovic eh, who the other one is, who partners him, I don't know, even Luca Ranieri has been mentioned, so but you know, you've got to, these don't come along very often, I was just looking back there 1957, 1961 1962, so they would actually you know, if you're a Tina fans must have thought yeah, this we must have thought, you know, there were three European finals in the space of what five years or something five or six years in the late 50s and early 60s but then <laughs> the lean years kicked in as soon as I came along and um, you know that was well they obviously had the 1990 UEFA Cup final against Juventus least said about that the better and now this this crack at this so you know hopefully it would be a great thing as I said it would be an amazing moment for Fiorentina um, to pick up a second European trophy in their history would be absolutely magnificent Team looking for more than their second European trophy though is uh, Inter and we look ahead to that as well taking on again another Premiership side Manchester City we've discussed this a bit before but um, you know I watched it I I found it quite intriguing the FA Cup final with uh, Manchester United I know you 
for religious reasons don't watch any English football. No, I sadly missed that. But, but, you know, what I took out of it, perhaps foolishly, was an optimistic sense that Man City weren't quite as... Maybe they had an eye on the Champions League final, but they certainly didn't... I mean, they bossed the game, they had a lot of the ball, but they didn't trash... Manchester United and I, you know I don't think this is the best Manchester United side that there's ever been so you know equally it gave me hope that Inter could potentially find some tactical solutions I thought Man United made it quite hard for City to play at times as well so you know I, I, I thought you, you watch it's hard not to get carried away when you watch the kind of British coverage of Manchester City and you see them steamrolling teams, particularly, you know, the lower level teams of the but you know, they've steamrolled a lot of teams, good teams too. It's hard not to get carried I'm, away. I'm with real that. Madrid, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, well exactly, yeah, you know, I mean so they have they have you know, they have bossed games against but I, I just I don't think I mean it's interesting you mentioned Real Madrid because I feel Real Madrid more as a bunch of individuals, yeah. whereas I think I think Inter will play as a team, you know, they will play as a unit, they will have a tactical plan. Now whether they can um, I think, you know, one of the great thinkers of the modern game. I don't know. Maybe he'll overthink it. That's always a possibility. What what percentage chance do you think Inter have got of lifting that trophy at the weekend, Marco? Mm, probably I'd put it around 33%, you know. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a few. I was thinking 25. So okay. you're, yeah, we're, yeah, not, yeah. we're not a million miles yeah. apart. Then you're, you're a rear D when you're more optimistic than I am. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, I don't know. I, I think Man City are clearly a very good team with a, an amazing squad and a great manager. So it's always going to be difficult. But I was thinking these games to completely write off the other team is nonsensical. Inter have got there beating some decent teams. Um, they've definitely found form towards the end of the season as well. Uh, the, the players seem to understand in Zaggy's. Uh, what he wants from them, Martinez is in good form. Lukaku's coming on to form, um, so I, I definitely think they've got a chance. Uh, you know, if if Man City score early, then that could be a different thing. It could end up being a bit of a rout. But if they can hold out, if they could snatch a goal or something like that, then it could be a very interesting final. So um, obviously, Man City are favourites, but. I wouldn't write Inter completely off. No, and I mean, and the good thing I always think is you've always got the my father's solution. If it does turn into out, you can switch the television off, and you don't have to watch anymore. Exactly, so yeah. that's always that's always an option. Just quickly, I mean, flying a bit under the radar, but another big game coming up this week is the Italy under twenties, who you know have have gone on a good charge in the in the under twenty World Cup. Quite an unheralded. Team really quite an unheralded competition when you look at the stands as well. But you know they picked up good results. Now they beat England, um, Brazil, and 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 looked yeah and looked looked well the better team, and um, played through last night or took on Colombia and after some initial early pressure from Colombia played some really nice stuff again to get themselves through quite comfortably. To face, I think it's now South Korea in the in the semi-finals on on Thursday night. I mean, standout, obviously the, the unpronounceable one for a lot of English commentators, Cesare Casadei or Cesare or whatever, however you want to pronounce him. Um, but but he's certainly 
been amazing, but I'd give a, a mention to Baldanzi yeah, as well, who I think has say. really um, lit up that. The, the pair of them together really light up that time. But I think I think he's found Nunciata that's in charge of the under-20s. I think early on he was determined to crowbar Pafundi and Baldanzi into the team. And whilst I like Pafundi, I think maybe that was too lightweight and maybe too too erring too much on the creative side where he just seems to have found a really good a really good balance and they've been they've been a pleasure to watch haven't they Marco? No they have and yeah they've scored some really good goals some great team moves uh, and Casaday and Baldanzi do look you know, head and shoulders above a lot of the players in that tournament. They just Casaday literally literally yeah shoulders. but I mean they just seem to have a presence and a and a confidence that, that a lot of these players don't have. And even at the back, I, 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 is it Gilard? Gilard, Gilard yeah, yeah, yeah Gilard. He, he looks quite good. And Zanotti even well. the, Yeah, the, yeah. So um, Zanotti looks like one of these players that is like a manager's dream. He just looks like one of these, he'll always work hard, he'll always do exactly as the manager asks. A delete you, a delete you sort of love exactly child or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he has to look back in his gene pool to see he runs up, he runs down, he runs up, he runs down. He rarely does anything exciting, but he rarely does anything wrong. No, exactly. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, you can build a team around that kind of, that kind of player. But you know, they've got a solid base and very exciting going forward. As I see some of their interplay, you know, I always think like, with youth football, that's a part that you you know you, you often don't see, and you feel that's the difference. It's just the the level of kind yeah. of um, understanding that there'll be because they're young players and they've not played together very much. But you know this team kind of thrown together, as I say, not any. You know there were bigger names who might have played, but were sort of still tied up with their um, with their club sides and so aren't in the squad. But they seem to have a really good team spirit about them so onwards and upwards would be nice to get um, Thursday night and get through to the final at the at the weekend oh yeah that would be amazing that would be that would be a cracker just finally because we've not you know we don't like to do a pod without some mention of Venezia I mean I saw through the week there were some rumours linking your star man the beer swilling hard hitting Scandinavian striker Joel Poyan Palo with a move I mean it seemed like a no brainer to me Marco up a division to Salerno and Salernitana and yet it seemed from what I could glean from social media it seemed that you perhaps were not in favour of that move what's the what's the reasoning behind that? Yeah long time listeners will know that Salernitana are not my favourite team um, because of clashes that that our teams have had over the past few seasons they've been involved in in direct promotion or relegation battles in various divisions um, and then we sold them you know this isn't Salernitana's fault but we gave our direct rival Mazzocchi who then turned out to be one of the players you know he saved Salernitana last year so yeah I I, I personally would not want I don't want Poyan Palo to go to me we should be throwing money at him. If we're serious about trying to get promotion next season, we should be saying, stay on for one more season. We'll make you captain as he is at the moment. And we'll we'll build the team. We'll get you a new partner up front if we need to. And we'll, we'll try and get direct promotion. Um, and I, I also think that sometimes there is a thing, and this is I say this with the greatest respect to Salernitana, but, you know, these players move on to another club, a, a sort of, 
middling to lower club in Serie A or whatever and find themselves embroiled in a relegation battle for most of the season. And is it is that a better... I'm sure it pays better, but is that a better way to, to, to play football? Or would they rather be in a team where they're scoring goals, they're, they're, they are already a folk hero, and they're in with the chance of winning or at least getting promotion or something? And you've got a nice little Scandinavian enclave yeah. there as well. You know, I think that there's there's more to life than maybe those of us who haven't risen as high in our careers as we might have dreamed of tell ourselves this but there's more to think there's more to life than money you know so you know that I'd, I'd definitely you're right Venezia have to do everything in their power to keep a hold of them you know within within reason yeah. obviously and I mean I'm a bit fearful though that Fiorentina might have a hand to play in costing you this player because I, I think we are being certainly linked quite consistently with a bull idea oh, and right, possibly sitting yeah. so they know that money mm. it could be dirty Florentine money <laughs> that lures that lures your man away and then I just I hope you can find it in your heart to speak to me if that is the if that is the case although I mean you know he's uh, there's another case in point where you know would that be I mean Fiorentina got two misfires so he certainly looked I mean, and especially against Fiorentina, it would be the classic sign the man that scores against you yeah, kind yeah. of oh. job if they did if they did do that. But you know, always be wary. I think you're right. I've seen it plenty of times at Fiorentina as well. Players that are tempted to move on, even to you know much bigger clubs. Mm. I can't dispute. You know, the, this there are bigger clubs in the world. It doesn't feel like it to me, but you know, I know there are bigger clubs in the world than Fiorentina. But you know, I always think a player should think. Twice, because you know, especially Puyan Paolo at the stage of his career, he's at. He's not, you know, in the first flush of youth. So you know, and he's found a nice setting to, you know, I, I, I always cite Borja Valero in these kind of situations. When I think, you know, there was a player, that, you know, could. I mean, he did ultimately move on, but he spent a lot of good years in Florence yeah. where he, where he could have gone elsewhere before then. But he'd found a nice, you know, a nice city, a nice place, and there is more to life than money. I'll finish on that note I think and console myself console myself with that anyway um, we've touched on a wide range of subjects and, and as you have gathered from what we've said in, in the pod this week there's a lot of big games coming up so even though the Serie A season is kind of over with although there's the playoff to, and the Serie B season kind of over too because we've got these playoffs because we've got these European games we're going to do another pod next weekend um, to round up hopefully it'll be a happy one that would be nice but you know we're committed we'll do it whether it's you know <laughs> miserable is our kind of calling card anyway so you know we can do that too but one way or another we'll be back next week but in the meantime thanks again to everyone for for tuning in please share like and and tell your tell your friends and as i say we'll be back for one more roll of the dice in a week's time and a series of victories i'm sure absolutely <laughs> well said well said